Hi, I'm Robert. And I'm Kenyatta. And I'm Anita. And you are listening to The Love Project. everybody how everyone doing how was your week it's been a pretty good week pretty good week. yeah yeah Ooh, what was it last week it was so hot yes so at least we did get we didn't get a little cool weather and i was able to book a trip this week that i'm really really excited about where are you i am i'm going to florence italy i'm going to go visit i know right I'm going oh to go visit Adeja. Going to visit my niece, who will be okay. living abroad for a year. Okay. So she'll be in different countries. And because I'm going around Christmas time, we will be going to see her in Florence, Italy. And I'm really excited. Ooh, that, is, how is she doing? She is doing amazing. The thing I always tell her is to never be apologetic about living out loud. And she is taking that just to the extreme. She is seeing things that I don't think any of us would have ever imagined, you know, these little young girls and boys from little bitty Magnolia, Arkansas would see. Um, you know, when you're younger and you're looking at these places in, you know, books and you're looking at pictures, you never imagine that you'll be standing in those spots. And that's how out loud she's living her life. So I'm wow. so, 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 so proud of her. And of wow. my sister as well, because she's done an amazing job raising Adesha. Yes. Well, you, you tell you tell her that while she's over there getting all cultured up and, <laughs> and making all that money, don't forget about the little people. I will tell her, but I don't think that I don't think it's in a day just character to forget anything or anybody. <laughs> but I will tell her. I will that's tell that's her. awesome. That's awesome. What about you, Kenyon? How's your week been? Austin. Like, I don't know, but how's it been? <laughs> well, I don't know. So tell me, Kenyon, how's your week? <laughs> oh, I mean, it's been a pretty normal week all, all together, no complaints. Had time, spent some time with the boys, so I really enjoy that. Um, had a pretty typical boring type of week. Sorry. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, boring can be good, so boring. Sometimes cream. boring is good. Yes. It, yeah, uh, that heat, the type of work that I do, that heat mm-hmm. was so, I mean, it almost took me out. But on a private note, uh, just keep my family and I in your, in your prayers. Uh, you know, uh, got things going on in the family that we just need the church to lift up the holy hands to the Lord and, and just ask for the blessing of, of our family. Okay. Absolutely. Well, let's jump right back into it. Uh, today we're going to be talking about acts of love, acts of love. We're going to talk about that. And here's the perspective. I kind of want to come to this subject. You see, love is commonly perceived as mere admiration. Okay, it's a feeling. It's a positive feeling that we normally have towards people, but it undoubtedly encompasses more than that. So the question is this: Why is it important to expand our understanding of love's depth and complexity? Why is it important to understand love on a more deeper level, Kenyatta? I would say. The reason why we need to think about things like that more d- deeply, because we're we're selfish. Kind of need to dive in a little bit deeper. That's good. That's good. Anita, what you have to add to that? 
Um, I agree with Kenyatta, especially about, you know, being selfish. I mean, I guess we'll talk more about that later. <laughs> I I think of love um as it with the same way I think of any other emotion. Um, I don't think it is this flat, one dimensional thing. Um, right. yes, it's a feeling, but a lot of things are feelings. And I don't think I don't think there's value in feelings being one dimensional. Because if you just feel love, it means nothing. It's when mm. it becomes an action and becomes multidimensional that it becomes something of substance. So mm. I think it's important for us to look at any emotion that we feel the same way. So that's why. It's kind of I agree with that. that. I could add uh, that I think in this world, you know, we're going to be around a whole lot of people who's not going to like us. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people we're not going to like or the things that they do. And we have to learn how to um, be amicable with them, how to get along with people when we don't feel that admiration towards them. There, you know, um, one example that I make is, you know, look around you. Pretty much everything that we can see, you know, in each other's uh, little screen here is made by another human being. And so your relationship to all of this stuff may not be the manufacturer or the distributor of it, or you may be the retailer or just a consumer. But these are people that make our lives what they are and help create culture and connections. And some of those people we're not going to necessarily like, but we have to learn how to get along with them. Um, this this concept of uh, self-isolation, where we just kind of um, think that we can just, you know, um, be by ourselves and just be around the people that we that we have those positive feelings for, you know, that's that's not reality. You, you know, you have to learn how to deal with people and work with people that you won't necessarily like because, you know, who wants to create an echo chamber, you know, of just the people that are telling you what you want to hear or um, the people that you just feel most comfortable with. There's a lot of people in the world that's going to make you feel very uncomfortable and you still have to learn how to work through that. Don't y'all agree with that? I agree to an extent. Um, Okay. Push back. Just a tad bit. Not a whole lot of respect. Come on. Just a little bit. Um, Because I do think there is value in self-seclusion. Like I, if I'm an introvert or if I understand that I'm an empath and I take on energy, I, I may have to stow away by myself. Because the reality is if you have more, if you have two people in a space, one of two things will happen. I'm going to rub off on you or you're going to rub off on me. It's inevitable. Someone's energy exchange is going to overpower the other. So sometimes I think it's important to step away from that and just be okay with a little isolation. When I'm healing, I may need to isolate myself for a little while when I, while I'm processing, um, when I am heavy with emotions. I'm not saying that we can control um, in every situation. I may not like, like everyone that I work with, but being around them is different, I guess, to me than being in their presence. If I'm just in your presence, we just so happen to be sharing space. But me actually being around you, that co- that takes more of an interaction. And so sometimes I think I have to learn to be selfish enough to say, I don't have it for you. I literally had this conversation earlier with someone. I just don't have it. Um, 
I'm at a point where pouring out so much um, is so therapeutic, but I find myself extremely empty because I don't always surround myself with people who love the same way I do. And so they don't pour back. So my therapy is I don't want to be around any of y'all and that's okay. do agree with that. I think you've been, sometimes people can just drain, they're just a drain on your resources and you, you have to back off from them, but you can't do the world like that. You know, why you can't not? do everybody like that. <laughs> why not? Why because not? I, why not? This is going to be an interesting conversation, you no, guys. Because <laughs> I understand. Can you say why not? Can you say can you to help me? Maybe you can help me understand why why that's such a bad thing. If you go to work every day, Kenyatta, and you know yeah. that all the people that are around you, they are bad for your health, mentally, spiritually. Why can't you quit until you find a place where you can exist and be okay? I mean, I am an introvert, so I do have moments where I, I need to kind of reset. However, there are times where I'm going to have to push through and not be able to reset because someone, a, a situation might call for my attention and I'm going to have to just deal with it. <laughs> um, like I, it, it can be a family member. Like, I just don't, it's not you, it's me. It's like I'm doing you know, a breakup, but it's like, it really is me. Like, I need a minute, but sometimes I, you just can't get it and you have to push through it. And then when you can, then you can separate for a while. One of the things stuck with me was that in these types of positions, you don't manage people. You manage personalities. Now, this is the case. If we're talking about love. One of the things that makes love so um, delicate and makes it crumble at the same time is that it is so codependent on communication. So if you don't have mm-hmm. some form of healthy communication, it, it just can't exist. How do you infuse love into the circumstance if there's no love there? Why is there no love there? Because Does it hasn't not, it hasn't been created yet. That, so love doesn't have to be created between people. It has to be. I I, I don't agree. If okay, what you okay? How you Anita, think love comes into the room? Anita, as a child of God, as a believer, uh-huh. everywhere I go, there's going to be love. That's not something that has to be created within me and another person. It already exists. So when I interact with you, I'm going to interact with you in love because if nothing else, you're my brother or sister in God's eyes. So I'm going to always treat you with some form of respect. So what do you, what is it that, where are you at? What do you think? Uh, give us another perspective, another dynamic to look at this. I do know that sometimes you got to be wise. Um, so mm. you sometimes you have to play it, play it a little bit. If we think about just the different types of love that even, mm-hmm. you know, Jesus showed, he didn't go to the taxpayer or he didn't go to the woman at the well, didn't come, at him, come to him getting to know him. You know, there was no expectation for the for the love that was that was shared. And I think that sometimes we we reserve love for people who we think are deserving of it. This isn't friendship. This isn't companionship. 
This is just love. And Mm -hmm. it comes with just on the most basic level. Um, Again, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying in love, I I can't really fool with you. In love, I can't work here. Do all these things in in a loving way, but there's nothing Mm -hmm. wrong with, I don't think there's anything wrong with finding your space in this earth, on this earth, and protecting it at all costs. When you have been in a space where you have had no peace and you have mm-hmm. had no calmness, you mm-hmm. will protect your calmness and your peace at any cost, including mm-hmm. a job. I will mm-hmm. not go to work every day and fight hell there and then come home and fight hell and then go to the grocery store. I'm <laughs> going to find some peace somewhere. And whether it be at the grocery store, home, or at work, I, one of y'all got to go. I'm going to pick a struggle. Yeah. I could play I'm not doing it. Yeah. Hey, those people who want to comment, <laughs> give us your perspective. <laughs> we want to know in the comments. Are you standing with Anita, Kenyatta, or Robert on this on this subject? So just let us know in the comments. Let us know right now. So the first discussion question I, I want to put out there. In what ways do acts of love in extreme or challenging circumstances redefine our understanding of love in what ways do acts of love in extreme or challenging circumstances redefine our understanding of love anita there there's my mind got my mind goes to a lot of places i'm of course naturally regardless of you know the religious convictions and beliefs of anyone that's listening um, I will always stand on my beliefs, not to, you know, make anyone feel that they have to feel or think a certain way. Um, hmm. But because of my belief, of course, the most extreme to me will naturally be Christ dying for our sins. Wow. I can't imagine. I, and I, I think of this all the time. Some There are t- times I'm just laying in bed holding Tristan or we're just talking. And I just cannot imagine someone coming to me saying, hey, Anita, I hate you and slapping me and spitting on me and Mm -hmm. doing all these mean, horrible things to me and then saying, hey, do you mind if your son dies for me? Just not because I'm going to need it, but just in case Mm. I need a little something to get me over Mm. the hump. And I say, Mm. okay. And that's literally what God did for me, knowing I'm so imperfect. So, mm-hmm. of course, my mind automatically goes to that extreme. When I think of modern day situations, I think of parents or siblings um, who do things that are just, I don't know. I know we're going to talk about the selfish and selflessness part of it. Um, mm-hmm. I think about even my uncle. Um, mm-hmm. My uncle gave his sister a kidney. Now, here you are. This is someone, you know, you know, your siblings. And so, because they're young enough for me to remember, I remember the you know the arguments and the fights and the you know teenage boy and teenage girl going back and forth. And when she came ill, no one hesitated. And to think that I'm going to show so much love and support that I'm going to literally take something from within my body that keeps me functioning and give it to you—that's an extreme act. I um, mean, I don't know how many people would do that for not even a sibling. So I just, I don't know. It's, it's just crazy how we model um, right. 
and revamp the things that, you know, God has done for us. And we put them in these modern day situations. So that's why I say it's so loaded that I mean, I could talk about it for hours. Right, right. There are examples everywhere. I love that. (laughs) Right. That's good. What about you, Kenyatta? Stewardship of the heart. It's kind of transferred over what Anita was saying a little bit. Because when I think of stewardship of heart, I'm going to give an analogy. Um, One of my favorite Christian movies is called Facing That Giant. It's it's about a a Christian uh, football coach. And he was just down his luck at his job and in his personal life. He was just struggling. He got mm-hmm. to a point where he got so weak in his faith, he just starts, he turned around and said, you know what, Lord, I'm going to give all, everything to you. I'm not going to, I'm going to go ahead and not quit or give up on anything. I'm going to completely trust and rely on you. And it turned his whole life around. So when I say stewardship of the heart, I'm just saying he protected his heart by giving it to him. He just, right. he, he just offered it up to him and let him have it. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, and Anita, you, you can't, can't, you can't make those types of commitments if it's just a feeling. If it's right. because, and we're going to go into it later on. We're, we're, and you said it uh, earlier, Kenyatta, we're selfish. Mm-hmm. We're selfish people and we don't want to do that which hurts or which that stresses us out. Right. And that's one of the reasons why I was saying, you know, from a I get philosophical perspective, you know how I think um, the concept of having free will and being determined. You know, um, some people think we're biologically determined. You know, whatever a human being is, you're destined to be mm-hmm. that, and we're just trying to figure out what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, but because I have free will, and I believe in extreme circumstances. I am able to override my sense of self-preservation, you hmm. know, because as a, because if you feel that you're a determinist, you know, nothing is more important than your own self-preservation. So last question, what are the underlining motivations or factors that drive individuals to demonstrate love in exceptional ways? And are these acts always selfless? Kenyatta? No, <laughs> they're not always selfless. Um, okay. <laughs> I, I remember looking up this uh, particular thing. Like, people kind of just want to do it because they want recognition. Like, mm. by chance, they might, you know, you might benefit. Um, you know, you just happen to benefit. But in reality, I got my five minutes. I, it makes me feel good. It's about my self-approval. If I want the merit. Um, mm. That's not everyone, but there are those people around. Those are motivations for people that, that you're saying that they want. They really, they show these acts because they really want to be praised for something else that is really selfish. Yeah. Mm. Anita? Um, I think there's a difference between it being self-motivated and selfish. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think there may even be a, a thin line between selfish and selfless. I think mm-hmm. most act of love, most acts of love have a little selfishness in it. Um, because I think of myself. Mm-hmm. I may I may go to the moon and back to make sure, you know, my partner has everything they they need or they want. It's because I want them happy. 
I do want them happy, but ultimately it makes me feel good that they're happy. So is there Mm -hmm. an aspect of selfishness in there? Maybe so. Um, But I don't think it, I don't think it's always a bad thing. I think the word selfishness or self-centered, I think those words get a bad um, reputation because of the connotation they come with. Mm -hmm. But there's Mm -hmm. a little bit in there. Um, I dare to even, I dare to say that there are a lot of people who are proclaimed um, spiritualists or Christians or whatever else, a lot of what they do is not to give thanks to mm-hmm. the creator for the things that he's done or mm-hmm. to show reverence. But it's because if I do this, I'm going to get to go to heaven or my afterlife will be this way, whatever your belief system is. Mm-hmm. So there's an act, there, there's an aspect of selfishness there. That is when I think you need to kind of morph the way you love. And you, you know what, I'm giving back because you deserve for me to give this back. I'm going to be nice to Robert, not because Robert's done anything nice to me, but because I've been blessed enough to share this part of me with him. So, yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, I said that, you know, one of those uh, motivations, you know, like you see people like um, they want to strengthen community bonds. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, you know, you go downtown and you see stuff downtown and like they playing, uh, you know, you might have a band there and you have all of the community out. You have the young folks, you have old people. Mm-hmm. I mean, Republican, Democrat, it doesn't matter. Everybody's downtown. You have vendors out there. Everybody's having a great time. And sometimes you see political figures out there, your local, you know, senator or something like that out there participating, eating hot dogs, which and stuff like that. And ultimately, it is accomplishing strengthening community bonds. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, are these acts always selfless? You know, the p- politician, you know, they want your vote and they want your money. <laughs> you know, and, and yeah. it, you know, they're, when you, especially when you see them at your church, you yes. know, like there's some churches that have this political bent to them. And, the politicians and stuff will come to the church and you look over, man, that's uh so-and-so senator, so-and-so, so-and-so, congressperson, you know, whatever. And mm-hmm. he'll stand up and yes, yeah, she'll be in the lobby. Uh, you know, make sure you talk yeah. to her and get her card, all this other type of stuff. Remember, put out your vote. Is it is it okay to do something in love and seize the opportunity? Is that okay? Yeah, if I agree with if that. I'm a if mm-hmm. I'm a, if I'm running for office and this is just this is where one of the places I go to church, can I seize this opportunity because I know that you you all will show me love? Yeah. Go ahead, Kenyatta. No, I, I agree. It's just it's odd when you see you never see that person ever in your church until it's time. That's for election. Like, what? Like, who are you? (laughs) Like, who is that stranger? November must be coming up. Right. Yeah. 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 And I think that's the part. That's the part right there where, to me, um, acts of love, I agree, um, they can be Mm self-motivated. And, you know, there's there's something that you're getting out of it. I want to go to heaven. 
I wanted to hear God say, well done, thy good and faithful sir. That's a motivation for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think that uh, those kinds of motivations are healthy. So one of my favorite movies of all time is with Denzel Washington, um, Kimberly uh-huh. Elise, um, John Q. Um, Kimberly Elise, who's, is that the, um, oh, that's that dramatic the, actress. Hey. I mean, hey, yeah, I mean, you know what I'm talking about. She, she's real slim, kind of. Yes, she was in. Set it, it yes, all. I know who you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. So her, her, and um, she and Denzel Washington played a married couple, and their son needed a heart transplant, and uh-huh. the insurance ran out, so they they couldn't get him on the heart transplant list, and all these things. He so he felt like you know what I need to figure out what to do, and so mm-hmm. he ended up holding having all these hostages in a in the emergency room and was like, you know what, get my son's name on the transplant list. And after so much time and blah, 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 they, they say, you know what, we're not putting him on the transplant list. It's, that's just all there is to it. Um, so he said, well, if I kill myself, will you take my heart and put it in my son? And they were like, nope, we can't do that. And the doctor was like, look, if there's a healthy heart, I'm not letting a healthy heart go to waste. Right. And he, the gun that he had had this whole time for days, um, they realized never had a bullet in it. He took mm-hmm. out one bullet. He said, I was only ever intending on shooting one person if I used it. So this man literally lays on the gurney and he pulls the trigger and it doesn't, it doesn't go yet. So long story short, um, mm-hmm. they ended up putting him on the transplant list and he, he ended up living. Um, his son got the mm-hmm. new heart. That is real time. These things happen all the time. Acts of love that happen every single day. No different than the the woman that had the daughter that needed the blood, but um, bone marrow transplant. So she mm-hmm. literally had a child just so her daughter would have a match. Um, we mm. we do these extreme things, yeah. and it's out of love, and it's out of selfishness, and, as well. Because Denzel did not want to bury his son. This woman did not want to lose her daughter. I think there is a part of us that has to, has to tap into self in order to live in such an extreme way. There's no way you can't. You can do, any, do something so heroic, so out of the box, so crazy, wrapped in love if you don't tap into your motivation and that may look selfish to others. And I think that's okay. We can call it selfishness. We can call it um, you being a hero. We can call you supernatural, but I I just think it's just extreme love. I never thought of it that way. So I've always kind of, I truthfully, I could see that, that aspect that yes, you could have in back of your mind because human beings are complex. We have, our full intent is to do things completely out of one way, but in the back of your mind, you might have a little of this there. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. I might get something from this, but then you sometimes you think, "Am I wrong to have that feeling? Is that <laughs> am I yeah. being sinful or unrighteous by even having this thought in my head? Is my heart right when I uh, thinking about certain things?" And I think God always think about about the heart. And the end of the day.
They're good. I think we had a wonderful conversation. We put a lot of ideas on the table here. We talked about acts of love. And one thing I know for sure, love is a project. And we're working on it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Every day. So a little selfishness mixed with a whole lot of love. It's the love project. We'll talk to you next time. Hey, subscribe. Sign up. Uh, what else we say, uh, Kenyatta? Uh, check us out on all the major platforms. That's Apple, Spotify, iHeart, everything else that you possibly use. That also includes YouTube. Last words, uh, Anita? Have an amazing day. Like, have it on purpose. Like, just on purpose, right. have an amazing day. Have an amazing day on purpose. That's yes. awesome. Yeah. I hey, like love that. all of you. Thank you. And we will talk to you next time. Take care. <laughs>